So we've been looking at Reformation. Yes. Yes. And this is week 12 yes. out of 52. Thank you so much. We've got 40 weeks left. So, <laughs> so, so, so glad about that. 40 weeks left to be reformed by the end of the year. How you doing? How you making out? Am I seeing any progress? Am I seeing any progress? Pro okay. All right. That wasn't like the overwhelming type of I was hoping to hear. But it's all right because we're only in week 12. You got more weeks ahead of you, okay, than you got behind you, okay? Now, when we get to about week 50. 50? Oh, God. Okay. We got Week 29. <laughs> I'm going to need you to be like, yeah, I see reformation. Because if not, you need a meeting in my office. Okay? Because this don't make no sense. We can't have 52 weeks of how God wants to change you in a year and you not see any growth. Okay? The Bible works. The word works. It's being preached. It's something in you. So you need to see me in my office around week 50. If you, if you ain't noticed no change. Amen? Amen. Uh, so we're looking at Reformation being reformed. Now, why is it such a big deal? Because life is hard. Yes, yes it is. Life yes. is tough. Yes. There's yes. all kinds of things that go wrong yes. on a consistent basis. Yes. It's stuff that go wrong outside of you. Yes. It's yes. stuff that go wrong inside of you. <laughs> and somewhere along those lines, if we're not careful, these things will start trying to shape us in a different way. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. You know, mold us in a way that God didn't intend. I know, right? You know, yeah. stuff we take in, stuff we shouldn't take in, you know. Yeah. So, and then before you know, you'd be looking real deformed. Mm -hmm. yeah. So to have a year of reformation is yeah. good because this says I can identify what God called me to be. And I'm smart enough to recognize I'm not that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I need his assistance to help yeah. me yeah. become that. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, this particular topic, as you guys know, these topics have been uh, prayerfully sought from the top of the year. Um, in, in December of last year, mm -hmm. and so me and the Lord wrote out about 52 sermons, um, and the timing of them was as he led. Mm -hmm. So every week we are, you know, just baffled at yes. what yes. he planned right. last year yeah. that shows up exactly mm -hmm. what we need this year. Yes. This topic is a little different. Okay. Um, when I ran across it at the top of the week, because I have to remind myself what it was we wrote, and I said, what was it? And this week, I was able to check it at the beginning of the week. Most weeks, I don't really check it until like Friday. And I mean to. I mean to check it in the beginning, and pray about it, you know. But then stuff be happening, okay? I pick up my phone, forget what I picked it up for, because it's in my notes, you know. And so it might just be happening, but oh no, now it's Thursday night, Friday morning. What is the topic supposed to be? And I go back and I pray and I seek God and I write a sermon. This particular week, I was able to remember to check it on Monday. Amen. I checked it on Monday and I was like, oh my God. What does this mean? Where are we going? What's getting ready to happen? And I just started praying. My heart started pounding all week long. And I said, how is this going to be relevant? And then your lives started happening. And one by one by one by one, we began to notice. And with this in mind, I want us to keep, Sister Kajir, lifted in prayer mm -hmm. as she lost her father uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, or Wednesday, this week. And we're also keeping, continue to keep Sister Cece lifted in prayer, who lost her father last week. Mm -hmm. um, and Sister Lonita, who lost her godmother. Um, so today, I wanted us to look at, at reformation through illness. Oh, Lord. I know. Oh, as your weeks began to happen, <clears throat> I know, we began to see how the Lord maps out 
And this message may not be for everyone at this time, but it will cause you to reflect. It will cause you to reflect on loved ones that we have lost through illness. My mom two years ago, uh, those of you that are currently grieving through loss now, um, and this is Mother, uh, Mother Allie, one of the founding mothers of our church, Minister Monifa's mom. And, and for the most part, in all of these deaths we've had recently, it's all been due to illness, sickness in the body. And this is challenging for all of us. And I want us to look at how we are reformed through illness. You with me? Mm -hmm. It's a tough, it's tough. Mm -hmm. If you live long enough, we all will suffer illness. When you're young, you don't really recognize the types of devastation that come with illness for the most part. You break your leg, wear crutches and a cast, you up and at them in a couple of weeks, you know. But then there are other sicknesses that really change the direction in the course of your life. Where how you used to live, you can no longer live that way. What you used to eat, you can't eat that. Where you used to go, you can't go. How you used to move, you can't move. And everything about how you provided for your family, was there for your family, got up in the morning, all of that changes. Amen. Some of you have experienced chronic diseases that really adjusted your life, if not permanently, then for a long period of time. Or loss of income, loss of support. And you, we all cry out, whether it's us or somebody we love, and go, why? Why? So today I want us to look at reformation through illness. It's a tender topic, as some of you I know are battling with illnesses currently. Others are in testing mode. Are waiting for a test results back. And I can just tell you that the Lord is sovereign. Yes. Yes. That He's sovereign. Yes. That He's so sovereign. And we have to adjust our hearts to fit what He's doing and not the other way around. Amen? Amen. Okay. It went from kindergarten to college real fast. Real fast. Illness as a believer is a college level course. Chronic disease, I'm not talking about a cold or a flu, maybe COVID, all right? Um, but chronic disease is an upper level class for a believer. What it trains you and teaches you are things that are designed for the advanced Christian. Hmm. Now I know what you're thinking. Hmm. I'm barely advanced. I just got saved, does not matter. When he looks at your heart and mind, he tests and tries every test to make sure it fits you. When it comes to illness in the body, it's one of those things that it is all consuming of who we are, is it not? Yes. You get sick in your body, everything about you is affected. Yes. Nobody gets sick and be like, oh, that was just my toe. But every, other than that, everything is fine. No, that baby toe is gonna hurt, it's gonna scream out, it's gonna need pain medicine, it's gonna be tender to touch, you're gonna be limping, you're gonna look crazy, you can't carry your own bags, it's just everything. Your attitude, your disposition, Sickness in the body is similar to money in the pocket. Oh. It affects everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. So let's look at a scripture first. Um, as our key scripture, we're going to look at a couple as we go through it. Matthew 8. Matthew 8, 8, chapter 8, verse 17. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Also praying for Sister Danielle, who has a sinus infection. <laughs> you don't know, you know. This week, we our church got hit with a ton of things. I called Minister Monifa um, regarding Sister Kajir's father, and she said, Pastor, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. I 
don't know. But the Lord is sovereign. Right? He's sovereign. But those of us that have lost fathers and loved ones, Sister Harmony, Sister Jewel, uh, it can be challenging. Mr. Hudson. Uh, but our job is to make sure that we're there for those that need us. All right? Um, and now we know how to be there. Per capita, we've suffered more loss. Oh, yes. Than is what you've ever seen in a church in a matter of a short period of time. Why is this that we might be able to be a true support to those who are in need? Amen. Amen. Um, the sovereignty of the Lord is like this: it is harder for those that remain than it is that those that went on to be with the Lord. Amen. The pain is ours. Thank God it's not theirs. Right. And ultimately, we wish we could speed through it. Oh, don't we? Yeah. But we can't. And that's the hard part, is that you can't make bad times go away faster. Jesus. They have to run their course the way God intended. And the, the purpose and, and the fight of the believer is to make sure that as these rough seasons run their course, we remain steadfast. Amen. That's that's the struggle. That's the struggle. Because your insides is all turned up, right? But where you place yourself in the earth has to remain steadfast as it relates to Christ. And the church's responsibility is to give you the tools and the word of God necessary to allow you to remain steadfast when your rough seasons come. And they will come. It's just a fact. All the word of faith ministries that are preaching you that you could just Believe, 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 and it'll all pass. Just believe, just have enough faith in every tragic thing that you don't want to happen. You could just wish it away. That's not accurate. And it's not biblical. All right. If we don't start preparing real believers for this, then they're going to keep coming in to rub that magic rabbit's foot and then go back out and live however they want to live. And come back in, get that rabbit's foot, and go back out. But Christianity is not a rabbit's foot. It's not a lucky charm to make sure that everything goes right in your life. Mm -hmm. If you're not careful, you'll raise yourself to think, I need to go to church when stuff is bad. Then when stuff starts getting good, I feel like we good. And then you start venturing on out. out. Amen. Now you don't need to go to church in order to be saved. But going to church is a reflection of the seriousness you take in your relationship with God. That's good. That's good. It just is. Yeah. Why well, I gotta work? It's a reflection of the seriousness of your relationship with the Father. Well, I don't, I don't really need it. I, is a reflection of the seriousness. Because when you come to church, you're prepared, you're equipped, and you understand your assignment as a disciple. Amen? Amen. Amen. The tragedy just, you just get saved and you don't even want to help anybody else. That's a tragic situation. Nevertheless, let's go. Ref Reformation through illness. Verse 17 of chapter 8 of Matthew says, This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our diseases. Amen. He took our illness and bore our diseases. In chapter 8, there's a plethora of, of examples of healing in just one chapter. First, it opens up in chapter 8 with a leper. And, you know, biblically, a leper wasn't supposed to be touched, and they had to live outside of the city and away from everyone because leprosy could spread. So if you had leprosy, no one could touch you, and you had to be kicked out of the entire community 
the city far out and live pretty much poor. You couldn't really get a job. Where are you going to work? Where are you going to work where you don't have to touch anybody, come in contact with anybody? It's tough. So lepers were often poor, desolate, and lonely. And when Jesus shows up, a leper, he goes to a leper and touches the leper. The leper says, if you will, I know you can make me clean. I know you can heal me. And Jesus says, I will, and touches him. Jesus is a Jew, all right? He touches this leper, breaks the law, says you're not supposed to touch the leper, but in that, the leprosy of that man is gone and healed. By Christ touching something unclean or a person that was considered unclean, the leprosy is removed. Later on, we have another example of a healing. And then after that, we have many, many being healed. And, and ultimately, it all boils down to the scriptures that say that Jesus was doing all of this, that he could fulfill what was said about him in, in the prophets, that he would bear our sins and our iniquities, and by his stripes, we were healed. And all these things that people began to prophesy about before Jesus, so now Jesus is on the scene, and, and the disciples are writing saying he had to heal these people because that was prophesied about him. I want to look at that for just a second. Because everybody Jesus came in contact with was healed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everyone. Everyone. Wherever he went. Not, no, not one was like, sorry, you don't make the cut. Everybody got healed. What is challenging about this is that sometimes we recognize that everybody in the Bible got healed. And so then we think all of us should be healed every time. Mm. Now, truthfully, I've been healed of a lot of diseases. And truthfully, there are some I have not been healed from. Maybe not as of yet. I'm really not sure. But when we see everybody in the scriptures being healed, it translates to us as believers that we're supposed to be healed of everything. And the thing is, if I was healed of something, nine times out of ten, I'm going to get sick again. Amen. I mean, think about it. God comes and he heals this blind man, all right? Oh, my God, I can't see. Now I can see. Biggest healing ever, all right? This is the pinnacle of your life. I was blind all my life. Now I can see. It's the best healing ever. And then you get the flu. Mm. Hmm. We're going to be like, Jesus, uh, about that. Uh, thank you for healing my eyes. But, uh, you know, my, you know, right? if you could just touch me on this flu one more time. You would feel pretty bad. You know what like, uh, just, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and, I'm just gonna go ahead and just deal with that. I'm going to go ahead and just, yeah. just, gonna just, just let this run its course, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. He heal you up your eyes, you fall off your uh, horse, and you break your leg. Jesus, thank you thank you again for that, the healing back then when, you know, I was blind. But, you know, I broke my leg, you know what I'm saying? You know, I can't get a job, you know, my people want to fire me, you know. I was wondering if you could just, you know, help a brother out, you know, just hit it one time. You know? <laughs> At some point, you'll be like, this, this can't be. And we don't see anybody getting healed and then coming back to Jesus and be like, yeah, I, you know, I was at the last one we used in Capernaum, but you know, um, <laughs> um, you know, since then, you know, good to see you again, Jesus. I need to come back to the prayer line because I need to be healed yet again. <laughs> we don't see this. No. Ever. Now, these people were not gifted with divine healing, perpetual healing all of their lives. They were not. But for some reason, they took that one blessing and they went on about their way. No, no, check yourself. Check yourself. One blessing is not sufficient for this American culture. We need blessings and blessings and blessings and blessings and all our songs say blessings and blessings and blessings. You can deliver me, set me free. I got me out of jail, heal my family, stop me from having seizures, deliver my body. I mean, you do all this, but then Jesus, bless me. 
Stack over. Oh, we, don't, we don't see that here. No. Now, people are people, no matter where you are. Yes. They thought the same things we thought. Okay. Felt the same things we felt. What made them say, I'm not getting back in that prayer line? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> things to make you go, Accident. 
right? Right. Mm. See, the purpose of Satan's scheme to make you feel that everything happened by accident, the Big Bang, and then macro evolution, all right, is so that if you feel like everything happens just by happenstance, then you have no course or direction for your life. Because if you believe that it was by design, not only all of creation, but even you yourself were designed by design. The scheme is make you feel like all of earth and physical matter was just happenstance. And since your physical matter, then you were just happenstance. Your mama barely wanted you anyway, so that's, there you have it. You was just, you was an accident from day one, and everything about you was an accident. But when you recognize that that is not true, and if you look at all of creation, everyone can attest now, even scientists are saying, all points lead to that this, there was a divine maker. Okay, somebody with intelligence really put this stuff here. Right? Then this also means that you were designed specific with a purpose. Not just your hair and your skin color, but your insides. Are you talkative? Are you shy? Are you easy to anger? Are you slow to anger? You talk a lot, got a lot of attitude, very calm, very chill, very low key. All of these things were given to you specifically for a purpose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know you think, no, I get that from my mama. I get that from my daddy. Uh huh. Yes, you do. But out of the trillions and trillions of genetic coding that could have made you up, a very specific piece made you up. And these, even the, the joining of your mother and father, uh, that was him. Come on. You may not like somebody, but it was him. Hello? They had the, the DNA necessary for what God wanted to do with you. You can be mad that they weren't everything you wanted them to be and they weren't around and they weren't there, but apparently God counted their physical makeup as exactly what you needed for what he wanted to make you to do. My God. That's good. My God. This is why you honor them regardless. Because they were selected by God to be a vessel to bring you here. That's good, Pastor. Period. Right? You honor them. Right? Now this, this is tricky. So if you're here by design, then why? The thing about sickness and death and illness is illness reforms us because it makes us evaluate tough questions. Chronic illness causes us to ask really hard questions. The world we live in and the life of every person has a purpose and it's not just product of chance or random events and biological selection. It was thought out, planned out by the intelligent being, which is God himself. Now the the thing here is when we were in the book of Genesis, before Adam and Eve sinned, everything was nice. Everything fit. Adam and Eve were exactly what God wanted them to be when he wanted them to be. It was wonderful. All of creation flowed together. Ain't no lions killing lambs. Everybody's chill. Everybody's copacetic. Everybody's just flowing together. It was very nice. And then God told us not to do something, and we did it. We ate of it anyway. And everything started dying. When it comes to loss of, uh, when it comes to illness, when it comes to loss of job, loss of family, loved ones, and relationships, when those things don't go right, we question everything. Loss of career, loss of health, a loss of loved ones. 
when those things are touched, we question everything, as we should. If you have a major loss in your family, at your job, or something that hit your life, it's good that you want to reevaluate the place of God in your life. It is designed for you to reevaluate the place of God in your life because none of us like it. If you're anything like me, you start asking tough questions when my mom passed. And I realized, oh, so we're just going to keep doing this. Excuse me, Father, I remember saying, I don't like the system. I did. I was on a CC the other day. I said, when my mom died, I said I was angry, not at God, but I was angry about the system. I didn't like the fact that people die. Okay? I said it. I feel like it's stupid. I feel like if, you, if everybody loves people and we all love one another and everything's going great, they say, oh, they got to die. I think that's dumb. And I feel like somebody, namely you, should, should not should make this un, to undo this. And this is what Holy Spirit said. I'm working on it. Mm. Oh, come on now. Mm. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you don't like it. He doesn't like it either. And he's been working on a 4,000 plus year plan to make sure that what we don't like is completely eradicated and never Because he don't like separation like you don't like separation. And he don't like loss like you don't like loss. And he said, I am trying to make sure none of us have to go through this again. My God. My God. My God. First couple of days of my mother's passing, that's all I could say. And I realized after that sobering word that he gave me that he's working on it. That's his plan. Mm -hmm. That you, I was, you gonna make me stay here and work on this with you, ain't you? <laughs> you, I don't wanna. And he was so sweet. Got me a new car. Got me a new house. Yeah. Surrounded me, my love, my dad, my church members. I was like, oh, he's being so nice. <laughs> he was being really sweet. And I was like, well, I mean, I see you're trying to help me get through this. I guess I'll, I'll stay. <laughs> and I'll do stuff. But that, that is because all of us question life and suicide and tragic thoughts when tragedy hits our lives. There's nothing to be ashamed of, it's normal. Because what you're challenging is a system that you were not designed to live in in the first place. You ain't supposed to like it. Why, because you're life and love and light. We're not designed like death, darkness, sin. Ugh. Right, make sense? So when these things happen in our lives, we begin to question stuff. And for the most part, we recognize from the fall of Adam and Eve that we have been living in a broken world. All right? Where we all desire safety, security, and acceptance. And from the fall of Adam and Eve, safety, security, and acceptance was knocked out. Now you are unsafe, insecure, and you don't know if you, where you belong. And that has been the course of mankind since, right? Now the thing, and, and this is most of us try to find ways to help eradicate that brokenness. Mm -hmm. wow. If you're not, if you're not careful, you'll live in that. 
But that's why you want a career. Come on. That's why you want a successful career. That's why you want an honorable career. Is that you might alleviate the brokenness of not being accepted. That's all it is. That's why you want relationships. Huh? That's why you want a husband and a wife and kids for yourself. You know? It's because you really want to eradicate the brokenness of not being accepted. This, this is all reality. You, you, you can say, you can say, uh, not me. No, all of us. And so we seek relationships after relationships that we might not feel that we're rejected or not accepted, that we can feel that we're connected and truly a part of someone and something that will love us. Right? And it comes to our bodies. Nobody likes illness. Because when your body is broke, now, your leg don't do what the leg was supposed to do. God, okay, my leg ain't even doing what it's supposed to do. My kidney, it ain't doing what it's supposed to do. God, man, my kidney ain't even doing what it was supposed to do. And so they will try to say, well, you know what? I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to get healthy. You, you know how you do, hello? You know, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm, I'm, I ain't eat no more sugar, no more refined sugar. I'm with that. And these are all wonderful practices, but at some point, you will have an illness that is not related to your health status. Oh, Lord, Jesus. It can be made better or worse by it, but you could have got it no matter how healthy you are. Yeah. And when those bad boys hit, we don't like them either. Because I was trying to make sure that I could fortify myself from the brokenness of death and sickness. I was working on it. I was trying to make sure I ain't, ain't going to die. You is going to die. Well, I'm, I'm going to be healthy. There's only so much of that that's up to your control. And that's very little. But it doesn't stop us once we feel like this is the solution. Yep, yep. This is the biggest problem of my broken life, and I've got the solution for my broken, the biggest problem. Some of y'all's relationships. Mm, Jesus. Some of you is financial stability, mm. right? For others, it's health. And once you think that this is my biggest problem with me on the inside, then all we do is start running. I got to fix this. I got to fortify this. I got to heal this. And you're on a constant chase to fortify this one thing that has happened in your life that is a complete weakness that you cannot do anything about. Mm. We put a lot of time into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. While the kingdom of God lies in ruins. Mm. Come on, Pastor Dan. Mm. The balance is on the God side. Mm. Not on your health side. Mm. Okay. The balance is on the God side, not on your, your, your career success side. The battle's on the God side, not in your marriage or relationship. And does he like me? Does she like me? I don't even know. Am I gay? Am I straight? I don't even know. It's not even on that side. The battle goes the other way. And it's designed that way. So when you realize that you can't solve the brokenness, no matter how hard you try, because eventually, if you're, if you're a believer, he's going to show up. He's going to tap that one thing that you've been trying to fortify. And every time you try to fortify it and build it and work on it, he just... You know, I'm gonna build it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You go. <laughs> okay, okay. This time I'm gonna build it. Like sandcastle. I'm gonna build it. 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 I'm gonna build this sandcastle. I'm gonna build it. The sandcastle. Hold on. I got a better idea. Let's put sticks in there and we're gonna hold it up. With and sure enough, he knocks it right under you. This is for your good. That you might have an opportunity to ask the real questions. But, unfortunately, some of us don't use these times what they're supposed to be for. Mm. You keep knocking my sandcastle down after I work so hard and doing it, and I try it again, you knock it down, and I work again, and I really try to make it work, and I try to call my husband, 
talk to my wife, I tried to do this, and I tried to get the job, and I was telling pay my ties, and I was just building it all up, and you keep knocking it down, and then we get mad. You get angry. You get frustrated. Mm -hmm. Hopelessness begins to settle in. Mm. Because in my line of work, I use myself as an example, I'm inundated with problems all the time. Mm -hmm. Time I wake up, time I go to bed, problems. Mm -hmm. Somebody has a problem, I don't mind it. Somebody else has a problem, I don't mind it. By the time I go to bed, I'm like, there's so many problems. These people got problems, people are hurting everywhere. Just what's the point? I was contemplating marriage yet again, and I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, you know what? Marry this man, y'all live together. If he dies, he's gonna be worse off because of the connection and the love seeing that person every day. Yeah. I look at my dad's struggle and I go, is it better to have love and lost? Is it, is it better? I said, I don't, I don't want to do this. You see, this is, this is just, it's too much. It's like, it's just a perpetual ongoing of, of bad stuff. I said, what's the point? Anybody ever been there? Yes. What's the point? What's the point of living? What's the point of loving? What's the point of trying? Because once I get over one thing, here come another thing. And I just be like, you know what? Have I hit your house yet? I'm trying to make you hit my in the living room yet. Yeah. Some of like, yeah, it ain't never been me. I've always been up being bull, okay? I call, I call a slave on the play. I know God will, okay. Oh, okay. We get tired of him knocking down your sandcastle and pushing it down over and over and over again. If it ain't him, it's a Satan. But then still, if it is a Satan, he allowed the Satan. So it's no fact though. Well, those of us that can't handle this cycle that happens in our lives where things are broken and it becomes obvious how broken they are, then we try to numb it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You numb life. Jesus. You already know how, come on now. Yeah. Drugs, addictions, alcohol, sex. Oh, I'm, I'm coming down. Oh, we gotta numb it. Cause we don't like the whole system. Oh, we can't stand the system. What I wanna do is I wanna feel nothing or I wanna feel happy all the time. Or I wanna feel, I wanna feel numb all the time. I need to feel something besides this all the time because this brokenness too much I can evolve. I ain't building no more castles. Oh. They'll just be, I'll just, no castle. castle. Where you castle at? Nothing. I ain't got nothing to build. I ain't built nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't knock that down. That's it. That's That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's That's Chillin', what you doing? Chillin', come on, you know you be chillin'. That's what I'm doing, I'm chillin', okay? 
ain't into that. You can't control nothing but not I was like, enjoy myself. Jesus. I got enough money to eat, sleep, put clothes on my back, and buy this weed. I'm good. Adolescents in the back, they, they still think. Yeah. Look at them, look at them. Young and naive. Fresh, fresh minded, fresh hearted. Yo, know, I could be, I could be anything I wanted to be. Yo, okay. Oh, okay. They gonna be like me. That's just y'all. Oh, okay, okay. That's, I ain't gonna be like that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We don't even know. When you recognize you can't beat the system, then you try to numb it. Solomon records King Solomon's accounts. This man had all the money in the world, pretty much. He could pursue anything to find the purpose of life. He had 300 plus wives, countless mansions, an exorbitant amount of money, a shrewd businessman. He, could multi he was very successful, very wise, apparently attractive, at least his money made him attractive. I don't know what it was, but he had everything going for him. And he tried to figure out with all his money, where should I invest? Where should man invest their lives? Is it in love? Relationships? And that's what the world is selling you now, ain't it? Oh yeah. Just find somebody that you can be with. And then when you get older, like, that job don't work. You can be with this numb nut for all the rest of your life. You still gonna be suffering. <laughs> no, it's true, because when you start getting in relationships, hear me out, you expect that this person has the answer to fix your brokenness. You don't say it, but you act like it. When you have a bad day, you call them, and you expect them to say the right thing, do the right thing. Oh, come on, come on, give it to me. I expect you to say the right thing, do the right thing, to make my day better, to make me feel better. Why don't you, why you always say something stupid? Why can't you ever, why can't you ever just listen? Why can't you ever listen? Jesus. You don't say it, but that was the purpose of you getting in a relationship. Mm. That you might have someone to help you heal this brokenness. Mm. And then when you get into them, like Mr. Hudson and my mother, for the rest of your lives, you recognize, we can't really do that for one another. <laughs> we can't. But God can. But it don't stop you from trying. And marriages fall apart because they had unrealistic expectations. Jesus. And too much brokenness that was not healed prior to them. Jesus. Mm. That's it. Mm. I'm telling you, be a, to be an unsaved couple, or well, half saved, one of y'all saved, one of not. Half saved. You got half on it. Get married. You've got to be, it's, you have to be strong people for that thing to make, to make, make it to the end. I mean, you got to. Ooh, you got to be strong, 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 strong. And love and, and affections and for one another. It's just, ooh, because any weakness in this, it's going to go ooh and a do. Because it's too many broken, it's too much brokenness between the two of you. And only one of you knows the solution and the other one doesn't know the solution. And so they're constantly pulling on you to do something you're not able to do. And, and they're, you're constantly seeing hope and they're constantly seeing pessimism. And it's just, it's just. My God. All right, let's move on. That's, that's, I don't know who that's for, but that's not where I'm going. Let's, let's keep going. 
In essence, you understand that when you come face to face with the brokenness mm -hmm. of this system that we're living in, because of sin, right? We don't like it, and God has to heal it. And this was the this was the plan. So go back to Matthew for a second. Let's. Chapter 8 of Matthew, verse 5. There's a centurion soldier. Mm -hmm. A centurion soldier means a, a, a commander over a hundred soldiers. Century. A century of soldiers. All right. But this is a Roman soldier who was a commander over a hundred other soldiers. Okay? I'm sure there's somebody else above him that had, like, you know, all the centurions. Okay? Nevertheless, um, he had a servant. Let's, let's look at the scriptures. He had a servant um, that was sick. Look at verse 6. In English Standard Version, it says, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Stop right there. Okay, Luke gives the same account with more details. And if you want to write it in your notes, it's Luke chapter seven. Same account with a little bit more details, okay? The centurion, actually sent Jewish elders to Jesus because he didn't feel like he was worthy enough to see Jesus himself. So he sent Jewish elders to ask on his behalf, on behalf of his servant. Okay. Now, these elders go to Jesus, you know, with the request of the centurion guard, and they say, Jesus, we need you to heal our 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 friend he's a centurion and, and he's a soldier but but he loves our nation he loves our nation he even built our synagogue and and, and he and if you could we, we he's worthy he's a worthy man for you to heal to, to, to heal his servant now the centurion was not asking for healing for himself he was asking for healing of his servant yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes. my god now the, the if I was Jesus, fast forward a little bit, okay? If I was Jesus, at some point you start to know God and you start understanding patterns. You could look at something and go, that's God. Mm -hmm. You could look at something else and go, that is not God. But the more you know him, the easier it is, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just automatic, right? Yep, that's definitely God. Mm -hmm. If Jesus, if I was there with Jesus, if Jesus, I was there with Jesus, and Jesus, the man showed up, the elder showed up, hey, we need you to heal this man, my, my uh, centurion soldier, his servant, what? The captain of the guard wants you to heal his servant? Right. This has God written all over it. Here is a man in authority that is asking that you heal a servant of the man in authority. This is a direct reflection of us with Christ. Jesus knows this is about to go down. Okay, this the centurion is not Jewish. He's Roman. All right? Why are we even determined? No. Tell me I'm coming. Jesus was ready to go where this man was. Mm. This, this guy got written all over him. Mm -hmm. He's a guard. He's a captain of a military. And his servant needs to be healed. This got my daddy written all over him. I'm on my way. 
Then the elders say, no, he don't want you to come. And Luke tells us that once he gets a little close to the city, to the, to the man's house, that he, the man sees him coming and then sends his friends out. and say, please, Jesus, don't come into my house. I'm not worthy of you to come into my house. But I know you can just say the word and my servant is healed. My God, Jesus. Well, most time when Jesus is marveling, it's over stupidity. <laughs> he marveled at the unbelief. He marveled at their, I mean, every time he marveled, it was always something stupid. That's the first time he marveled at something amazing. Wow. Like he was like, I ain't never seen this. <laughs> he was like, boy, I tell you what. And he marveled at so much, he said, I got Jews in my own nation that don't even believe like you believe. I got people rolling with me every day that don't even see it the way you see it. My God. I can't believe this. Ain't this a blip? <laughs> now, the thing about the centurion was he did build a synagogue. What is a synagogue? A synagogue was something, it was like a church. All right? It's where the, the Jewish people would gather, not at the temple because that's for sacrifices, but this is where they would gather after the diaspora when they were dispersed, that they needed a place to gather to, to hear the scrolls, to be taught, to learn, and to participate in fellowship and prayer and worship. And it's called a synagogue. All right, this centurion soldier built a synagogue. Mm. Wow! Can you imagine how he was looked at? So, so you 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 were so because being a Roman soldier over the people of Israel was a tough job. None of the Jews liked you. You were always trying to rule over them based off of what the Caesar says. And right. here you come telling us that we got a different God and y'all is a, is heathens and we is religious. Right. And, and it's always a clash and always problems. But in this particular man's district, all of the Jews loved him. Mm. And his goal that he built, a synagogue, a place for Jewish people to gather to which he could not gather. Oh. Wow. Wow. He could go, he couldn't gather, but they could gather. But he loved Israel and their God, even though he could not become Jewish, not at that time. Right? So I just I just love I love your God. I love I love because your God's like he made everything, you know? And the stories y'all are telling me about the flood and, and then and then the walking part of the Red Sea. Man, my goodness. Now what happened with Pharaoh? What? Man, you can just hear this Roman listening and going, wow. That's y'all God? And they're like, yeah, we got we got history. We got, we got records. Mm -hmm. This actually happened. He was like, come the records. These are the records. These, these are the names. These are, these are the records that it actually happened. These are the stories and the accounts. We can, we can name it all the way down to, to Adam. What? All we got is myths. What's the myth? Stuff we made up to help us understand the world. <laughs> like our gods are just like concepts. You know, the concepts of deity. But we don't really think we have it. <laughs> we, we don't really see like if no man can say he saw Zeus. You understand that nobody really says that. Right. That Zeus spoke to him. Nobody really says that. Uh, these are just stories that we help to create to help us understand the, the world around us. And for the most part, we don't believe them. It makes sense to us. Um, but our gods are capricious, which means you got to do certain things to get to win their favor. 
I'm hearing the story of your God, and it don't. It, it seems like y'all is y'all is foul. Number one, y'all is a foul nation. And, and number two, because if I had a God like y'all God, I wouldn't be. I would, I would, I would bang up. Okay, if, he's looking at Israel going. If I had your God, y'all don't want to help me today. He, he said, if I could have what you have, if I could have a relationship with the Creator the way you have, if I could have an acceptance of the Creator like you have, oh how I wish my nation could be called the nation. Because you remember we're trying to answer the question, what did the people that was healed with Jesus have that made them not get back in the prayer line? Yeah. Uh. Here's a centurion going, I just, I mean, he ain't gonna, he ain't probably gonna fool up with me, but I'll, I'll build y'all a synagogue because y'all y'all need to really, you need, you need to tell people about this. You need to teach people these things. The Roman guard built the church and he's not even a Christian. I mean, that's the equivalent, right? And so then when his servant is paralyzed and suffering, and now you got to admit, this centurion has been following the ministry of Jesus. He's getting all the reports because he's in government. You understand? He's hearing, he's watching it, and he's also looking at the elders who are not for Jesus. Jesus. These same elders did not go to Jesus on their own. So he's listening to what the Jews in leadership are saying about Jesus, and he's listening to the reports that are coming from all across Rome and what they're saying about Jesus. And these Jews, these elders in leadership, don't like Jesus. But because he built them a synagogue, mm. God don't want to help me. Come on. Because he built them a synagogue, he sends the very elders that don't believe in Jesus right up to Jesus to ask for a favor. Jesus. My God. Wow. Hold on, hold on. Look at this. One servant is sick. One. And look at how many things are moving. Jesus. Y'all don't want to help me today. One person is sick. And look at how many things are moving. You get sick one time and look at how heaven and earth starts moving. Look at how blinds start changing. People start opening up. Things start moving. that you don't even think about. Mm -hmm. to, buy, to buy something you don't even, you don't even fathom. Now you saying, I just have a call, I don't like it. Mm. The servant's sitting there paralyzed. He said, suffering. Whether he knew it or not, things are moving. Things are moving. My God. Jesus. Things are moving for people that are for God, Jesus. people that are for God, Jesus. people that couldn't, what, maybe wasn't gonna believe in Jesus, now they're about to believe in Jesus. Things are moving, and this man is just sitting in pain, suffering. Get this. If he had not been suffering, none of this would have took pl taken place. Jesus. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. The same system we hate, God uses to the utmost. Wow. Yeah. That's to good. the utmost. That's good. Amen. To the utmost. Now all these parts is moving, and they, 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 they now the elders come to Jesus like, Jesus, there's a man. He's 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 a centurion. Listen, he he really is. He really is something. 
Now catch this. He's worthy of, of, of you to move because he's, 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 he loves our nation. Hey, Jude. Jude, we Jude. Okay? He loves, he loves. He's invited to the cookout. Seriously. <laughs> right? He's woke. So, <laughs> so Jesus goes, and when he gets there, the man sends his friends to say, don't come. Don't, don't come in my house. I, the man says, I'm not worthy. Mm. Catch the trick here. The elders of the church started being religious. They tried to tell Jesus we could have a barter. Come on. Let me show you how good he is that you might then bless him. Y'all don't want to help me today. Let me show you how good he is that that way you can bless him. Because if I show you how good he is, then you can bless him with healing. Jesus. Jesus goes and the man says, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I shouldn't have it. And the servant is still healed nonetheless. Y'all don't want to Whether you deserve it or not, whether you're worthy or unworthy, it's not the question. My God. It has nothing to do with how worthy you are for your healing. Or how unworthy you are for your healing. But that God might be glorified. My God. One group is asking, like, you got to earn it. Another man says, that's the case. I, I'm not worthy. And Jesus said, it don't even got nothing to do with that. Jesus. I'm mean, just breaking that thing of brokenness you're trying to use to heal brokenness, which is religion. Mm. Destroys it. Just destroys it. Ain't nothing good you could do to make me want to bless you more. And ain't nothing, nothing bad you could do to make me stop blessing you and loving you anymore. Mm. It just breaks it up. So now, you're not going to be able to use religion to heal your brokenness. My God. That's good, Pastor. You're not going to be able to use religion to heal your brokenness. Whether you're worthy or not worthy, it's not the point. This shakes us up. Especially if we was really hoping on this worthy part, you know? <laughs> I, was, I had got some, some peace in this. You know, I give my tithes and offerings. God going to look out for me. I do this. God going to make sure I'm okay. I was really, you know... I put a lot of weight on that. You know? <laughs> look at me on that side. Now, you know, you know, you know, snatch that right from under me. Like, what in the world? So you my sister Kate over here out here with prostitutes says they won't. Oh, you're going to bless her with here. I tell you. I tell you. You want something else? Oh, man. So now those of us are trying to heal brokenness with religion, he says no. Even though you think it's good, he says no. You try to heal it with, with relationships? We know it's Victorian. No. No. Uh-uh. And it's already been broken with hell because the man's sick. Uh -huh. Right? <laughs> Look at something that the centurion says. He says, you don't know I'm not worthy enough for you to come into my house, but I know because I'm a man under authority, and I got people that do whatever I tell them to do. And they go and they come. If you, don't have to, you don't have to come to my house. You can just say it. This, I looked at this centurion all week, and I could not. If I was him, I don't think if I would have came to the conclusion that you could just say it. I'm like, you go to people, you touch them, heal, heal, be healed, yes. Next line, heal, yes, yes, heal, yes. And she cast out demons, yes. You got to, you got to be, you know, in, in the, with the person. You need to see them, touch them, something. You, what, what you think you should do? You think you should come? You've been going to people. Come on in. <laughs> you think you should come? He was like, mm -mm. no. 
Our house is unholy. My God. I've seen your holiness. I've learned who you are. And I recognize that based off of who you are, you should not even fool up with me at all. Everybody's like, no, you a good man, me, you a good man. Yeah. Compared to who he is, he should not fool up with me at all. But I know you can just send the word. This part right here is sending the word. I, because in order for this to happen, in order for you to think that Jesus can just send the word, there's, there's a couple of things you've got to know, right? You've got to know that he has power to heal the flesh. He has power over all of matter. Let's back it up. What the Israelites are missing, which is right in front of their face, and the purpose of all the healings that Jesus did was because here is something, evidence of God's divine power. It's not just that your body was healed. You could do, you could get that from a doctor. Hello? Yes. You can take some, some drink this little drink this little thing here and then wait seven days and then you know. That's that's matter affecting matter. A pill, a syrup, a surgery. That's matter correcting matter. What this man thought Jesus could do was take something immaterial. Take something that has no matter, can't touch it, can't see it, has no substance, and it's not even in the wavelength of the person. My it's not God. like the waves of my voice is hitting you. It's not even near you to hear it. You, The man himself couldn't even hear it. My God. And he takes something that is immaterial and then truly affects and restores material. Y'all don't want to help me here today. Y'all not trying to help me. There's only one man that can take something that Are God Jesus the creator you took something out of nothing and made everything we see and this man named Jesus starts showing up to people and with words he changes their nature their natural substance with words he moves all of the cells in their body. With words, he creates arteries that did not exist, nerves that were not there, repairs skin, autoimmune systems. I mean, with just words, just words, just words. I wish you could hear my heart on this. You serve a God that uses words, that moves everything in the natural by the will of his mind and heart with just words. Jesus. He don't need the surgeon unless he wanted the surgeon. He don't need the pills unless he wanted the pills. He don't need to wrap the medicine. He don't need to work out. He don't need the sugar. He don't need the keto. He don't need none of this unless he wanted it. What do I need to do that I might earn my healing? Nothing. Well, maybe if I do this, then you'll heal me. No, it's not how it works. You know how many people come to me and say, Pastor, I got this sickness, and I think that the Lord wants me to do this. And I tell them, it's not going to be in what you do. If he wants to heal you, he's going to heal you regardless.
not because you're trying to win his favor. Because religion cannot solve that brokenness. You're doing it. To win his favor that he might say you did real good, I'm going to bless you. That is not how he works. You serve a God that corrects what's broken with words. Now, now hear me. The last verse that we looked at, first verse, we started off with saying that Jesus was doing all these healings that the prophets might be correct when they said he said he bore our sins. Apparently, Jesus is comparing the healing of the body with the healing of the soul. Okay. See how terrible you are? How bad you feel when the body stops working? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows when the body broke. Eventually you're going to know. Yes, yeah. You can do a test before you know, but then it's going to show up. All of a sudden you're like, you know what? Is it? Does your arm move? <laughs> What the real issue is, 
My God. It's your brokenness. Jesus. Is it the brokenness of the marriage? It's not the brokenness, the brokenness of the loved one that passes. No. It's not. It's not the brokenness of a loss of career. Nope. It's not the brokenness of, of rejection in family, a father or a mother. It's not the it's not that's that's not the brokenness that is the issue. The issue is the brokenness in you. You now that these things are blaringly not working, have no purpose. Jesus. In some cases, Jesus would heal people. They tell them, go do this, but don't tell nobody. What? Go do this, but don't tell nobody. And I would, you know, people could go, well, you know, he didn't want to cause his end to come too fast, you know. People, oh, he really don't want miracles, you know. But I'm like, that doesn't make sense because the multitude was growing every time he went. What he's trying to show is the healing of your body is not what's going to bring them to true understanding. Mm -hmm. It's the healing that I've done in your heart mm -hmm. that you don't need words to show. Mm -hmm. Wow. You ain't gotta tell nobody when the Lord heals your heart. You ain't gotta say, I got touched by Jesus when he heals your heart. The oh, issue with true. these people that were healed physically is that it generated something on the inside where they recognized I am designed with purpose I am, I am here by purpose. I am here to glorify God. I'm here that his will will be done. And these people walked away here going, you know what? I have purpose in God. I have purpose in God. I have purpose in God. They got to tell nobody that. They're going to see it. They're going to see it when they come undone from things that ain't working and you still remain. They'll see it when their divorce is happening and, and, and your divorce happens and you still love and trust in God. They'll see it when you have a loss of loved one and you're still a believer, you're still serving, you're still right worshiping the same God that they know took that loved one. And you'll go, but God is good. I thank God for it. Because his words is going to raise that matter up so it's not even a problem. His words going to put flesh and bones back on that soul so it's not a problem. I'm just here in the meantime trying to make sure I give him all the glory. Verses the St. John. 
17 verses 1 through 3. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom I have, you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you. The only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus shows up being sent by God himself, the maker, mm -hmm. to show people how to heal their brokenness and that he is the healing of their brokenness. The sin that uh, happened in the Garden of Eden brought forth death and brokenness, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus shows up to say, but your God in heaven, your maker still wants you. Your maker still wants you. Wow. But I messed up, but I did like this. But he still wants you. But I already, I got it all jacked up and I got a whole past situation. But he still wants you. But I never really was church and I really know how it goes. But he still wants you. I am here to tell you that no matter what your condition is, even if it's physical, he can heal it, restore it, and still wants you. Jesus. This solves the problem of your acceptance. Brokenness. This solves the problem of your relational brokenness. And this solves the problem of your success brokenness. Wait, there was relationship? Mm -hmm. What was the relationship? Health, 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 yeah. It definitely solves the problem of you, of your health. Right. It solves the problem of your health because he's going to raise your body up. Because he has, what does the scripture just say? He has authority over all flesh. The physical healing is saying, see how I put that leg back on? Put that ear back on. Open the eyes. It ain't nothing. Everybody getting their bodies back. Don't even worry about it. I mean, spirit moving around. No, not just temporarily until I get done working. But I'm gonna put you back in your body. It's gonna be you like this. I know you. That positive you like. Okay. That positive. Come on now. No, don't act like that. There's some sunshines you like. There's some ocean waves you like. There's, come on. There's some stuff. Come on. Don't act like that. There's some stuff out here you like. And I created that. All is not dead. There are glimpses of things that bring you joy. And those I want to give you in the fullness, but not now. Now, I need you to glorify my name. Amen. Now, I need you to live for me. Because you're not going to have any peace. You're not going to go in the flow of this system unless I am your reason for living. Amen. If I am not your reason, your sole and only reason for living, you are never going to have peace with this broken system. My God. Jesus. That's My what God. he's trying to say. You can have, you can try to go, you got a vision board, you can try to get your goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're still not going to have peace with this broken system because something on that vision board is going to get broke. Jesus. Every time. Because <clears throat> the whole thing is shot out. But Christ said, I come that you might have life. Thank you, Lord. And life more abundantly. My God. Yes. You're not going to flow well. You ever seen somebody out of flow? Yes. There, was once, there was this movie I was watching. It was, uh, it was the, the Failure to Launch. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's, it's a love story, and, and, and it got Matthew McConaughey in it. And, it, <laughs> and there's a lady who's like, he's like, she's like the female hitch. All right? And she's trying to, she's trying to get the, the, these young men that are getting too old and they're they living with their mamas to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Failure to launch, you know. 
and she's trying to tell him, you know, you need to, you need to go out and do stuff. And, and anyway, she, she falls in love. What was the point I was very mad? I done got too far in the story. Okay, yeah. And one of the, the Matthew McConaughey character, he had a fiance that died. He was engaged to a black woman. So he's keeping the kid, you know, he's loving on the big the kid. But the issue here is that he's just is afraid now that something is broken to get out there and try to live again. He's been in relationships, but he ain't let nobody love like that, you know. So he's like, uh, 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 right? And so to show that he is out of sync with all of creation, animals keep biting him. <laughs> a squirrel bit his finger, he fell off a mountain. He was swimming in the ocean and, and a stingray got him. I mean, every time he go out, some, some animal just get him. Rawr, you know? And he's like, they're like, dude, you're, you're out of sync <laughs> I say all that to say, there are individuals and Christians and, and that, are, that, that love God that are really out of sync with what God is doing. And you are miserable. You refuse to really get into living for him. And you live kind of for yourself with him in the background. My goal today is that you might consider truly being healed on your insides. That you could live fully for him. Living for him puts you in balance with some of the chaos that starts to happen. This person died. Ah! Mm -hmm. All right, I'm back on. Right. I lost the job. Ah! Okay, okay. And you, you keep going in the same flow, giving God glory. But what happens to believers that do not allow God to heal their brokenness and decide, and that only happens when it is for him that you live. When you really say, I'm going to live for him. Until then, you're an embarrassment. Because you get hit. And you're so miserable that other people go, what's the point of being a Christian? Jesus. You get knocked so far off the horse, people go, is there a God in Israel? Is there a healer? Is there a bomb of Gilead? Is there a comforter? Is there a friend? And I get it, because the pain is rough. But I'm telling you the solution is now that you've been tested and you see you're left wanting. You have to decide to live for him. That's the only thing that's going to make this storm. You're going to pass through it and be on the other side, bodies raised from the dead, living happily ever after. Till then, if you don't live for him in this constant struggle, you're going to be out of flow. My God. He does not desire that you live so, so miserably. But that even in your misery, you give God glory. And that satisfies your soul. Jesus. Jesus. The reason that they were coming back to the prayer line is very simple. They saw something inwardly, not just physically. And for that, they needed nothing else. For that, they needed nothing else. Nothing else. You have been raised in church, been coming to church for far too long. Today is your day, standing all over the house. 